Hello and welcome to JOSPT Insights, the podcast that aims to help you translate quality research to quality practice. I'm Claire Ardern, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal of Orthopaedic and Sports Physical Therapy. It's great to have you listening today. Joining me today on JOSPT Insights is Joletta Belton, pain patient advocate and patient and public partnerships editor for JOSPT. In this episode, we cover what drives a pain patient advocate to keep challenging for change. Joe shares a day in the life of a pain patient advocate, and she reflects on how when clinicians, researchers and patients all pull in the same direction, everyone wins. I started by asking Jo to share a little of her lived experience with chronic pain. So welcome Jo to JOSPT Insights. Thank you. How does a former firefighter end up on the editorial board of a musculoskeletal rehabilitation journal? Well, that's a pretty long story, but I'll try and keep it short. I was a firefighter paramedic for Orange County Fire Authority in Southern California when I stepped off the fire engine and just felt a twinge in my hip. And that twinge in my hip led me down a path of ongoing worsening pain, lots of different treatments, and then eventually pain advocacy work or pain patient advocacy work. I'm not advocating for pain. I didn't have a very good experience in the healthcare system and really wanted to figure it out for myself. So went back to school and got my master's degree in human movement because I had very biomechanical and biomedical notions of what pain was and what to do about it. But I studied pain science as my research focus and that kind of led to a lot of cognitive dissonance in a different way of thinking about chronic pain because at that point I'd been in pain for three years and I had failed all of the treatments. Um, It gave me a different kind of whole person perspective of what pain and rehabilitation could look like. Just because I'm a curious person by nature and and I really make sense of things through writing, I started a blog that was making sense of my experiences of pain and then also trying to incorporate what I was learning in school. And through that blog, I became connected with a lot of different clinicians through social media and started going to conferences like the San Diego Pain Summit. The very first year, Laura Mosley was one of the presenters whose research really influenced my understanding of pain. And I just started interacting with clinicians in that space and started to get asked to present at conferences and to share my perspectives. And that led into pain patient advocacy work. And now I am co-chair of the Global Alliance of Pain Patient Advocates for the International Association for the Study of Pain task force that is established to figure out how to accomplish the mission of IASP, which is to improve global pain relief through including the patient perspective and lived experience perspective. So this work all just sort of started with that twinge, stepping off that fire engine and trying to make sense of my own experiences with injury and rehabbing from that. So what does a day in the life of Gilletta Belton, pain patient advocate, look like? It it can be a bit chaotic (laughs) and it's not really structured because different things are coming up all the time. Um, I was at the Oregon Pain Summit a few weeks ago, presenting at that conference and moderating a patient panel. And then my work with the, the Global Alliance of Pain Patient Advocates with IASP, we're really trying to figure out how to integrate that lived experience perspective and the patient perspective into the study and understanding of pain, in particular with that organization. And we're working towards integrating the lived experience voice or the patient voice in the World Congress activities in August as well. So there's a lot going into it. We're trying to create an entire new entity 
um, that, that will be doing this work on a global scale. And then also these kind of smaller things where I'm presenting at conferences, um, writing. I, I try to still blog, but also um, have been writing in other areas too. Last year, I published two chapters in two different textbooks. So it, it takes me in, in many different directions and from week to week that, that can all look very different. But it's all about trying to improve pain care through integrating the perspectives of people who have lived experience of pain into our understanding of pain. What are some of the things that researchers can start to do and how do researchers start to get involved in some of this work? That That's a really good question and I think I think there's there's many different ways to approach it. I think that conferences that are geared towards clinicians and researchers or clinical researchers, um, including patient perspectives within the educational programming of the conference is a really good way to start those conversations and to get exposure to what that looks like. So I think there's a lot of of kind of fear or threat surrounding it just because it's very unfamiliar and unknown and not something that has been done and, and no one knows what that looks like. So by inviting those perspectives into educational conferences, I think that's one way for it to be done. I'm reading our editorial series in JOSPT is another way to kind of just get exposed to some of the resources that are out there because there are a lot of resources that are out there that can can um, guide clinicians and researchers through everything from, you know, first steps of establishing a research question through incorporating patient perspectives later in a research study to how to do some community-based, like, guideline creation and that sort of thing. There's many different ways that that clinicians and researchers can partner with patients. So a lot of it will depend on what they want to do and how they how they see that happening. And then we can help them to, to find the resources that can best support them in that. And I think that, that having conversations with pain patient advocates is a great place to start, um, just to kind of become more familiar and to, to see what they bring to the table, what how their perspectives and insights can... And that just inform their their research or their clinical practice, but make it better too, and make their outcomes in in their practice better. Um, it's not just for patients; it's for all of us. One of the things that researchers often say is that this is really scary. I'm going to lose control of my research project, and it's going to be really difficult to bring patients into this because they don't understand methods or they don't understand enough about research. How do we start to break down some of those barriers to including patients more in research? It's a really good question, and it's one we're trying to address through through GAPA, too, because so much of research now that is being funded is requiring patients to be involved in some way um, in order to get funding for that research. So what does that look like, and, and how do we go about doing that? And that's still being established, and still we don't quite know what best practices are yet. But the, the resources that are out there can inform some of, of those decisions. GAPA is the Global Alliance of Pain Patient Advocates, um, the task force that IASP has established. One of the things that we've discussed there that that we need to explore um, in other arenas too is how do we find those pain patient advocates that can best contribute to research? And when we find them, how do we support them? Because one of the things that has been very important from a patient advocacy perspective that are people that are partnering in research is that they are trained, that they're familiar with what is happening. So we have to provide resources for the patient advocates that are engaging in research 
research as well um, so that they do have some familiarity with how a research a research study is run, how a research paper is written. So providing resources not just for clinicians and researchers, but resources for, for patients who want to do this work as well is, is really important. Joe, you referred to yourself as a pain patient advocate. I think some of our listeners might have heard patient advocate. Is there a difference between pain patient advocate and patient advocate? No, in a general sense. It's all patient advocacy work. I'm focused on pain in particular because that was what my experience was. So I'm a pain patient advocate in particular just because of of my history and I'm really trying to improve pain care in particular. Um, but patient advocacy work is is all that umbrella of trying to improve care for people who are living with all sorts of different conditions um, that they can provide insights and perspectives to from having lived with that that condition or that illness or that injury, whatever it might be. How do I, as a researcher, respectfully engage with patient advocates and include you in a in a supportive and respectful way? My my biggest thing that I would say would just be be a human to a human. You know, be a person to a person and just have a conversation rather than trying to like get something out of the conversation or trying to steer it in a specific direction. Just have a conversation like you would have with a friend or a colleague and try to try to think of it in those terms that this is a colleague that's coming in trying to to uh, become a member of this team, you know whatever this team is, whether it's to do a research study or whether it's to work on language for recruitment, whether it's to create a clinical guideline for a specific patient population or a community, um, they're going to become a member of that team. So just treat them how you would treat your colleagues and the other people who are part of that team. And just just be a human to a human. You know, that's the the biggest thing. Um, so often people that are have been living with a condition for a while, kind of become made invisible, and they they tend to be talked down to. So just talk with them. Be on the same level and talk with them. What a beautiful way to end our podcast. Jo, it's been so lovely having you join us today on JOSPT Insights. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Claire. Thanks for listening to this episode of JOSPT Insights. For more discussion of the issues in musculoskeletal rehabilitation that are relevant to your practice, subscribe to JOSPT Insights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google, or your favourite podcast app. If you like JOSPT Insights, help others find us. Tell your friends and colleagues and rate and review us. To keep up to date with all the latest JOSPT content, be sure to follow us on Twitter, we're at JOSPT, and Facebook, where JOSPT official. Talk with you next time.